With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power. Loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome, everyone, to Rock'em Radio. Yes, it's another brand new episode uh, of our interview series. Um, yes, I am wearing the same T-shirt as the last time. If you watched that, that's because I did these in the same day. A uh, little behind-the-scenes fun. Um, the big news going around is uh, is all this realignment stuff. We just talked to CJ Moore. Uh, if you haven't listened to that already, uh, there should be a link in the description below to go lead you to that discussion. It was a really, uh, really good one with CJ. Um, but next up, we have uh, the OG, uh, Bill Connolly. Um, anybody who doesn't know Bill, uh, if you're reading Rock'em Nation or listening to any of these podcasts, I'll be surprised. Um, but just in case... Uh, Bill is the founder of RockMNation.com. He used to uh, blog about Missouri sports uh, years and years ago. Um, he has since left Rockham Nation, if you didn't know that as well. Uh, and he's running for ESPN. Um, so without any further ado, let's let's go talk to Bill. Uh, welcome, uh, everyone. Uh, I'd like to uh, to bring in the OG, the Godfather. Uh, of Rockham Nation, the, the the original, the builder, uh, now uh, writing words for ESPN, the one, the only, Bill Connolly, uh, at ESPN underscore Bill C on Twitter. Bill, always a pleasure to talk to you. How are you doing, my man? <laughs> I'm doing well. How about, how about you? It's, uh, it's a cloudy day outside, but, you know, 
Yeah, I still I get to live in Columbia, Missouri, so no complaints. <laughs> yeah, I think we're we're uh, we're gonna get some rain here. Uh, it is it is Wednesday for uh, for for Bill and I. I don't know when anybody else is gonna be watching this. Probably on Thursday or maybe Friday. Uh, but but Bill, we're we're gonna talk about college football. I know a lot of people um, may not associate me with a college foot, football expert. I don't claim <laughs> to be one, uh, but I do think you are uh, at least as as close to being a college football expert as there is. Uh, so I thought it'd be good to talk to you about this conference realignment stuff. Um, I think this most recent spat of news uh, came as a little bit of a surprise to uh, to a lot of people. It seems like there's a normal sort of cycle to the the realignment stuff, and it seems like August is maybe not the best time for it. Uh, but that didn't stop the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the Big 12 from making all kinds of news last week. Uh, I think the first sort of you know break was Colorado announcing they were going back to the Big 12, that sort of caused a panic amongst other Pac-12 schools. And now it looks like Pac-12, which is one of the uh, oldest conferences in the country, uh, could be toast. It's down to four teams. Um, What is is your take on the future of the (laughs) Pac-12? Well, there's there's no way it's not toast. I mean, even if they (laughs) – you know, I know Pete Thamel, one of the things that he's been – uh, writing about in his kind of his daily realignment tickers that he has to write now um, is talking about like maybe the four leftovers can rope in some Texas schools and get just get by. And then once, uh, you know, next year is done and they can grab Mountain West schools, they can do all this. I don't, I don't, I don't see that. I don't see that happen. And I don't see if they do that, why it would really end up with an entity all that much more valuable than the mountain West is to begin with. So I don't, I don't see that happening and I don't see the PAC 12 surviving, not only because this happened, but because of when it happened, they can't go find, they had to have to pay like $34 million per mountain West school to enter their conference next year. Um, and, and that's, where's that money coming from? Cal's already broke. Um, and, and then, you know, the, you don't have a deal. You don't have any sort of rev- media revenue coming in. So, it's a bad deal. It's a bad deal all around. I do think, by the way, you were talking about the timing of all this. Um, we have transfer portal windows. There should be a realignment portal window as well, where, you know, if you haven't announced you're leaving by next year, by like May, then we don't talk about this again until next May. Because <laughs> doing this in early August with actual preview stuff to talk about is just rude. Um, and, and everybody, uh, I, you know, I'd like to have words with everybody who did this, who did this at all, but then also who did this right now. It's been a it's been a hectic time here well yeah uh even uh eli drinkwitz had some sort of choice words uh you know for the people in charge sort of making these decisions now and and you know i think there there is a lot to to say about that because uh you know i don't listen to like a whole lot of uh college football podcasts uh you know I, the one of the college basketball podcasts that i try to listen to with some frequency is the one with gary Parrish and matt norlander and they had uh they had a college football analyst on and he was sort of talking about the same thing. Like he wants to be, uh, you know, in, in conference preview mode and previewing teams and previewing players and looking at schedules and all these sorts of things. And instead what we're talking about is something that's going to impact the sport uh, next year uh, and for the foreseeable future, but it's not going to impact anything this season. Uh, But it's still such big news that you, you don't really have a choice not to talk about it. Like, how do you ignore the fact that that the Pac-12 is down to four teams and, and Stanford, um, you know, one of the 
really most storied college programs overall uh, is looking like they're without a home, you know, and, and, and Cal has its own sort of proud tradition. And, um, you know, like I, I've always sort of like, you know, thought that, that there was at least a, a group of uh, power conference schools that just sort of got lucky at the right time, you know, years and years and years ago. A lot of them. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, Washington state and Oregon state are probably amongst those uh, schools that have, you know, never really had like deep pockets to really compete at the highest levels of college football. But, um, you know, they seem to me like they'd be a really good fit in the mountain West, but like Stanford, are we really talking about Stanford as a possible mountain West school? I mean, I think, um, well, first of all, like as far as, you know, it, or, it, or the it, ACC, <laughs> well, I mean, yes, that's on the table. No, I, I, it's, yeah. I mean, you could say Oregon state and Washington state, you know, they were always kind of connected to much bigger schools that were pulling in much bigger revenue and they were kind of, you know, getting some of that. So maybe they were lucky in that sense. They were also extremely unlucky in this specific round, just in that, like Colorado, I, I mean, has literally been good at football once in 17 seasons. And they got to be basically like the start of the final crumble of the big, the Pac-12 because they're in Colorado, not in Oregon or Washington. Uh, Arizona has been an absolute nightmare for most of the last five years in football. And they got to they were the second ones aboard. Um, and basically, for, as this all started to fall apart, you could tell Oregon State and Washington State are going to get absolutely screwed here, even though they've been definitively better at the only sport that matters in realignment uh, over the last few years. So that's, you know, that just kind of stinks. But, um, yeah, I mean, they they certainly I'm not going to say they're going to be better off in the Mountain West because when you're getting making whatever it'll end up being twenty million dollars or whatever less a year in media rights, um, you know that's that's never going to be better off. But now you can say they can move to the Mountain West next year, maybe make the college football playoff, uh, jump right in there and win the Mountain West and and maybe steal a bid, and that'd be uh, kind of a funny you know way everything uh, came around, especially if like Oregon and Washington go eight and four in the new Big Ten. Uh, and Oregon State makes the playoff. There'd be certainly some uh, humor that we would all take in that. But <laughs> that's a poetic. Uh, but overall, th- they got screwed, and and it's really hard to see that they have any other major options right now. Uh, Cal and Stanford, you're right. They do now that we have officially broken geography. Nothing matters. We can put them in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Sure. Um, I, I I I think the. The depressing part about the last week is this, this really did. It, I know I'm not the only one, but, you know, this had nothing to do with Missouri. It had nothing to do with really all that many teams that would be competing for the national title all that much, except for occasionally Oregon or Washington. It, it, the, the finality of everything, you know, we've broken geography. We have broken West Coast football, and there's really never going to be any putting it back together. You know, when OU and Texas come to the SEC, we're going to actually kind of be we're going to be breaking some rivalries and like bedlam among them in Texas versus Baylor and Tech and, and the other Texas schools, all that. But we'll at least be kind of gluing some back together too. We'll get Texas versus A and M. We'll get oh my what OU and Missouri. Like I, I didn't realize how much I missed OU Mizzou. 
until like the thought of it coming back, um, you know, cause I'm, I'm, you know, I grew up in Oklahoma. That one always had kind of special resonance for me overall. So we at least at uh, Texas, Arkansas, we at least get some of these back while we're breaking some with the, with the disintegration of the PAC 12, we've done nothing but break rivalries for all time. And, you know, Oregon state and, and Washington state are never going to join the big 10. They're never going to be invited there. So, Though the Civil War, the Apple Cup are as conference rivalries, at least, are broken forever. And even when they resume, if they resume as non-conference games, you know, we're now going to be in a world where Oregon's making like 30, 40 million dollars or more per year in media rights than Oregon State was. And they already had more money to begin with because, you know, 60 years ago, Phil Knight chose to attend Oregon instead of Oregon State. (laughs) So... I, it just it's the finality of it and the fact that there's really no way to glue this back together in the future, I think, is is hard to accept just as a a, a fan and admirer of college sports uh, overall. Like we, we just broke a lot of stuff. And now, of course, all the, you know, Oregon having to go to Rutgers on a Wednesday night to play volleyball or whatever, however this uh, you know goes in the future. Um, we're, we're adding strain. We're having adding travel time. We're adding just planes in the air and, and everything else. And and none of that's any good. Um, congratulations to those who will make more money because of it. But uh, it stinks that we're, we're that we you know we're rooting for spreadsheets now, and just hoping our our school gets uh, on the right side of that ledger, even if uh, the future isn't a lot of fun. So the 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 Big Ten uh, uh, has. You know, I have question marks around 10 because uh, it's it's comical at this point to still refer to it as Big Ten. Uh, they haven't been the Big Ten since, what, the 1991? Um, but uh, they've I think they've arguably been the most aggressive uh, conference oh, when yeah. it comes to, you know, how they're expanding and trying to – and probably some of that is is trying to kind of combat – you know, the SEC and the SEC kind of moving from a position of strength. And and I think, you know, the Big Ten is is really kind of trying to counter. Uh, at, but they've been aggressive in those counters. I mean, yeah. I don't I don't see how you can look at them adding uh, UCLA and USC uh, as anything other than just being extremely aggressive when there's like, who's the westernmost, you know, team? Is it uh, Nebraska in the Big Ten, and then For, you go from Nebraska to California, Southern California at that. Yeah, 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 Southern California. Not even, not even <laughs> close enough to go to the Bay Area, but yeah. So, like going and bringing these two schools in, like, what are we thinking the future of the Big Ten is going to look like? Well, it's funny. I mean, among all other things, it makes a lot more sense to me to bring in four Western schools than two. <laughs> Um, because once you kind of schedule things out in your head, you realize, I mean, they can play each other. Those four teams can play each other every year. And that's one, like that's one fewer three time zone trip they have to make each year. Um, so it actually kind of, in a strange way, it, it, it adds to everybody else's travel a hair, but it cuts the, the Western schools travel. They were always going to be traveling more than anybody else. And now they have to do, they, they travel slightly less. So that's, once once you added two, like the, you might as well add four because um, that's you know that that kind of keeps some more rivalries together and you know there are smaller trips. Not that there's anything small about Seattle to Los Angeles, but it's still not Seattle to you know Piscataway, New Jersey. So um, you know that's 
So I, I don't mind it. And if we were just looking at this, if we took all emotion and history and tradition out of the, the equation and just looked at what were the biggest brands left that aren't already in the SEC and Big Ten, I mean, other than you, know, you can make a case for if, if Florida State is officially back and they're a top 10 program again, then Clemson and Florida State are probably that's the best duo on the board. Oregon and Washington was the next best duo. And so, um, you know, in that sense, in terms of compiling assets, if they were going to expand further, Oregon and Washington was about as good as they were going to do. And two good football programs, two good fan bases and and little pockets of passion and everything. And if we really are kind of going to, if, if there's just this ship that's going to sail off uh, and it's going to be the new power uh power structure in football, I'm happy that Oregon and Washington get to be a part of that because they deserve it. But, you know, you gotta, you gotta remove a lot of tradition and and, lo- and emotion from the equation to really make that worth it. Do you think it's, it makes a lot of sense for the big uh, 10 to, you know, essentially split itself into two and still have kind of like a divisional conference, like a traditional conference championship game or possibly split itself into fours and have a, <laughs> Uh, you know, a, a little mini tournament uh, with each, uh, you know, contender at the end of the year. Well, what they set up for scheduling initially, which I guess now they have to get rid of and start over again since Oregon <laughs> and Washington are joining. Um, what they set up, I think it was complicated from a schedule making standpoint, but it, if you're willing to complicate, if you're willing to give somebody in the, in the big 10 office, a bigger headache by having to figure all this out, it made sense what they did in basically setting up the permanent rivals, but you don't have to have three. Um, you know, it really is just kind of, you know, the, the games that absolutely have to take place every year. Once you've kind of committed to that, I think that's the best way forward just because, I mean, among other things, if we're stopping at 18, like you're going to have three, six team divisions, with two of the other teams joining the Western teams or, you know, there's not a clean way to do that. So I think, you know, basically setting it up so that I'm going to assume that the four Western schools will all play each other. Those are the three permanent rivals for everybody. You rotate everybody else and you make sure Ohio state or Michigan still playing Ohio state and Michigan state and all that other stuff. I think that's the way to go. Maybe it results in imbalanced schedules if, you know, depending on who's good at a given time, but the divisional structure always results in imbalanced schedules. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think they seem to have good logic there. It seemed a lot cleaner to me if you just give everybody three, not uh, three permanent rivals, but if you really want to take the time to say, okay, well, they only have two, they only have one and they have three and all that. That's fine. It'll be the rotations get weirder, but it, it still works pretty well. And then, you know, kind of looking at not just the Big Ten, but, you know, the Big 12 as being, uh, you know, a, a conference that uh, has gotten, in my opinion, a little bit weird. It's turned itself into a monster, absolute monster of a basketball conference. Yeah. Uh, but it's still going to be behind the SEC and the Big Ten uh, as far as football is concerned. Um, as far as football is concerned. Yeah. And I think for the big 12, yeah, you really are just basically trying to set yourself up to be the number three conference in the, in the country overall, whether that's football, you're obviously you can be number one in basketball or in this sport or that sport, not, not baseball or softball. Cause the SEC is gonna <laughs> like, that's the, 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 an SEC that features Oklahoma softball is just unbelievable. 
Um, but no, I mean, I mean, the big 12, you just added Arizona, um, Colorado's not bad. Arizona state has its moments. Utah has its moments. Um, but if we were, if, if conference realignment was built solely around basketball brands, then the big 12 just added one of the best on the board and, um, they should be pretty excited about that. And they didn't even have to add UConn to do it. They could actually kind of make it still a geographically, uh, continuous section over there. So, um, I love, I mean, it's funny looking forward, you know, this is a Mizzou podcast. We, I, you know, we are Mizzou people and all that. Um, we, you know, Missouri has committed to being part of the rich and miserable group uh, for the foreseeable future. And the big 12 gets to be the group with less money and probably and, and less football success and also more fun. Um, and as a, as you know, with my neutral observer hat on, I'm going to love covering the big 12 moving forward. I hate so many things about how this has all come about, but adding a chaotic Arizona or Arizona state to a chaotic conference, um, it's going to, there's going to be so many Pac-12 after dark lives, uh, and it'll live in the big 12. <laughs> and, and that's as far as, a, as far as me as a viewer goes, that's a good thing. Uh, yeah. So kind of looking now at the uh at where this is going um i think is is one of like the bigger questions um i I a lot of people have kind of called it the end game uh that's what i'm referring to here (laughs) straight out of the avengers uh are are, where where is this heading um because at some point right like these these media rights deals are going to expire uh Television overall is shifting. Um, I, you know, I don't know if, if you're in the same boat as me. I don't pay for a cable package. Uh, you know, I'm a Disney Plus subscriber. I have Netflix. I, you know, with Disney Plus, you get Hulu and uh, all this kind of stuff. And and then, you know, my parents, uh, like a lot of old people, do have a cable package. Um, and, like, that's where this money is coming from, you know, is, is, is their ability to sell ads, uh you know through a cable subscription yeah um but like that's not how people are really kind of watching television a lot anymore other than really live events i mean live events are really like the one outlier for how we're, we're still consuming a lot of a lot of television and sports are probably leading the way is the money gonna run out uh is it gonna change do you think like some people are predicting that like, you know, college football itself is just going to have to break off from the rest of college athletics, uh, you know, and, and sort of be its own thing there for a while. Yeah, I think, and obviously, you know, because of my employer, this is a, a, a weird thing to talk about now, but um, I, it, it, it's, I think the most interesting thing to me, and maybe I don't, maybe it's interesting in a bad way. Um, is that this last round of moves, you could say that adding Oregon and Washington to the Pac-12 helps Fox in this case, just like, you know, adding OU and Texas to the SEC network uh, inventory certainly helped uh, ESPN on that side, even if it also hurt, like since ESPN also has hands on the big 12, it kind of helped and hurt, but it probably helped more. And I, I think what we've seen moving forward here is that, you know, if if diversification is a good thing, then having this ju- this coalescing of of the power structure doesn't really help the broadcasters as much. You know, it, you're going to have to pay more for fewer entities, um, and that's kind of a different direction. 
Um, and, and, and this last round, I mean, yeah, sure. It probably helped Fox a little bit, but not a ton. We're going to Washington are, are, are solid brands, but they're not USC and UCLA and they're getting, you know, diminished media rights, you know, pieces of the media rights pie because of it. Um, it, it feels like the, the moves we saw here and now the ACC may be saying, oh, okay, well, I guess we have to Stanford and Cal are power brands. Guess we got to bring them in, even though they're, you know, and, and all these things that are going on. It's like everybody's moving out a sense of obligation now than anything like creative and real. And I, that's a weird place to be. And I don't know what that means um, moving forward. I, I think, um, I don't know. <laughs> like it's again, it is weird for me to talk about. And, but I do think that, I mean, you're right. Like the, the cable companies or, 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 or entities like ESPN and Fox are always going to make money. They're always going to sell ads, but it's going to have to come in a, in a different way moving forward. And I don't know if having, you know, instead of being able to, to spend on a lot of rights deals for a lot of conferences, having just this, these two entities is really going to help anybody really. Um, moving forward, especially even the schools, because yeah, you, you do as things just keep going up and up and up and up, but at some point maybe they don't. And I don't know what happens then. And that's this, you know, the doomsday scenario that we hear a lot about is, you know, you know, the sec and big 10 have gotten as big as they can. And, and, and you know, now we got to get rid of the Missouri's and Mississippi States and Vanderbilt's and Northwestern's and so on so that the bigger schools can play each other more and keep that revenue level high. And, um, I, you know, first of all, it'd be kind of interesting, you know, you have whatever three and three USC at two and four Florida in late October. And that doesn't really sound like a, 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 a big game at all. Like we're going to get to real hardcore NFL, NFL vacation if we do that. But I don't know, like it's, it's nothing about the current trend is positive, whether you're looking at it from the perspective of sports or, or cable or whatever. And, um, We'll see. We'll see yeah, what that maybe, means. I don't like it. Since since you're uh, since you're you know in charge over there at ESPN, sure, yeah, yeah definitely. Maybe maybe they just need to get better at delivering ads on ESPN Plus. Because uh, since you know I do watch a fair amount of content on ESPN Plus. If you're mm -hmm. not an ESPN Plus subscriber, uh, uh, well, not talking to the the people uh, that are listening to this, uh, I would recommend it because. Uh, as a college basketball fan, there's a lot of yeah. great college basketball on ESPN Plus. Yeah. Um, however, during commercial breaks, commercial breaks, uh, there's you know a third of the commercial break is a commercial, uh, and then the rest of it is just you know ESPN's little jazzy. Yeah. Um, you know, it is a pretty good back. little. It is a pretty good little <laughs> tune to have in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know so. Maybe that's something that they really need to kind of look into and uh, and making sure that if if ad revenue is really what's driving a lot of the financials for them, uh, you know, find a way to kind of deliver those ads throughout the entire stream. Well, and I mean, I think it was Jimmy Pitar, the head of, well, or was it Iger? It was one of the heads of Disney slash ESPN here talking about in the future, in a, in a few years, having like a full ESPN offering that you could just subscribe to. Um, and, and not, so not like, not just the plus stuff, but everything like a la yeah. carte kind of, um, I, there's no telling how much they'll have to charge for that. And I think, 
that'll be very, very interesting. And just in terms of like, does that actually work? And do others, do other companies do it too? And um, I, I don't know how, where, like clearly there, you know, we're, we've been headed in that direction for a while, but it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and not just because of who signs my checks. Well, yeah, I, you know, I agree with uh, that quite a bit because, you know, as like, you know, I think about like what subscriptions if I, you know, had to cut, you know, could I cut? And I, you know, like I think about like the, once Stranger Things wraps up, I could very easily <laughs> dump Netflix, you know, like I just don't think I'm watching as much content on Netflix now that I have, you know, the things that I like being delivered on Disney Plus. Uh, and this is completely getting kind of sidetracked because we're talking about, you know, streaming, but um <laughs> You know, I like as a, you know, somebody who's cut the cord, I would look forward to some kind of, you know, way to purchase all of the ESPN, uh, uh, basically all their channels, um, you know, because, you know, right now you do need a cable subscription for that. And, uh, and that does make it a little challenge. You have to, you know, like, sign into mom and dad's account and <laughs> uh it's it's okay i i pay a portion of his his cable bill so whatever it's fine um but uh but yeah so like you know this is all stuff that's going to be worked out and i'm just kind of you know i'm really kind of curious you know like how this is going to play out um you know as i do think i don't think young people are going to change the way that they view things i think that you know for the most part uh you know, people are going to rely more on internet and streaming than they yep. are for, for cable delivery. And, and so, uh, you know, Lord knows in this, uh, this society and capitalism will figure out a way to make money on it. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, we're, just because we don't know the answers doesn't mean there aren't answers. We just, we don't know how this all plays out. <laughs> so, uh, you are, I mean, you cover all of college football and you do love college football. Um, but you are a, uh, a Missouri guy at heart, um, you know, a, an, an alum, a longtime uh, site manager for the old Rockham Nation. Um, what about Missouri? <laughs> so they're in a good spot now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously they've had to make a move, uh, multiple moves uh, in, in wrestling. Um, you know, they seem to be in a, in a, competitive spot with softball they're trying to find a way to be competitive in baseball uh <laughs> basketball looks you know in, in pretty solid footing at the moment with uh with the energy that dennis gates seems to be bringing uh and eli drinkwitz at least you know is good for a soundbite and recruits well um what do you think is the future for missouri as as uh as the landscape is kind of shifting here um you know are at least I'm assuming they they're on solid footing being, uh, you know, in the SEC right now. Right. I mean, if there comes a day where Alabama, Georgia, Florida, et cetera, finally say, you know what, we're tired of making the same amount as Vanderbilt and, and these others, like we're going to go make even more now, like everything changes for, for tons of schools at that point. And, and that's, it's, you can't say it's unrealistic or you can't say there's a 0% chance of that happening, but I don't, you know, that's not necessarily my biggest concern at the moment. So in, in, in terms of what is Missouri and, and what are they, they're an SEC team until they're kicked out until they are uh, bumped to the list of everybody else for, you know, they don't make it to the 20 team super league or whatever it is that we're talking about 
uh, for the future. And as an SEC program, again, you're richer and more miserable. Uh, that is just going to be part of the deal. It's like the Premier League right now. Uh, we're going to buy, we're freaking out because, you know, we're going to have to buy 25 new players every year with all this money that's just burning a hole in our pocket. And we're still going to be 12th place and it's going to suck. Um, that's kind of how the Premier League works. That's how the SEC is going to work. That's how the Big Ten is going to kind of work. And, you know, they've already, it's always been a little bit more of a volatile and sometimes more miserable environment. Um, but that's what you signed up for. You you had to make the move when it came about. And even if it means that, we, you know, you go 10 something years without playing Kansas in basketball and a little bit longer to go here in, in football, you know, you, you do it because that's what the moment uh, called for. And you're not going to leave the, unless, you know, unless the big 10 calls and you get, and, and the chancellor or whoever makes these decision has just the right people in the ear. Um, you're not going anywhere. You're, you're, you're almost certainly not going to the big 10. You're not going back to the big 12. Sorry, Carrington. Um, <laughs> this is just, this is the life you signed up for. And, and look like that's, Missouri's been in the big two in the SEC a while now. They've played Kentucky more as a conference rival in football than they did Texas Tech. You know, like this is yeah. the, it's been a little while now. This isn't it hasn't been a two year experiment. Uh, they have proven that when they have their act together in football or basketball, they can do just fine. Um, they have it, you know there was a quite a period of time there where you couldn't say they had their act together, especially. Uh, in hoops, but you know, now that they do again, or they seem to, or they might be on their way to it, things look fine again. So um, you're not going to win just like they didn't win many big 12 titles in that regard. They're, you know, they're certainly not going to threaten to win an sec title, but they you know, <laughs> so be it or in football, sorry, basketball, probably not, but we'll see. Um, and, and that's just, that's just the way it is. This is the life hasn't changed all that much from big 12 days in terms of your hierarchy and whatnot. And so be it. If, if Eli Drinkwitz <laughs> has a quarterback, they're going to have a good football team and they're going to win some games. And you know, that's, that's, that's how it is. Well, and I, I just sort of think like, that's like an important sort of part of this is uh, you know, is, is how many fan bases uh, you know, I, I, I just talked to CJ Moore, uh, the athletic, you know, more about kind of like the basketball side of it. And I just sort of wondered like how many fan bases are, are going to have to just come with the realization that you're really going to have to be okay. Like if it's a down year and you finish like ninth or 10th um, like, like it's sometimes things are going to, just work out and you're not going to be uh, as high up the rankings. It doesn't mean it's time to like, you know, overhaul your program. Uh, if, you know, like if, because if, that works, you, that's definitely you, the lot, the line of logic we all follow when our team uh, doesn't win well, quite as many games as we think it will. Right. I think, I, I really think like, that's the challenge. Like you were kind of mentioning like Oregon and Washington kind of being like, you know, like eight and four and, and all, like our, like, are their fan bases going to be okay if, if, you know, they're going into the big 10 and Ohio state and Michigan are still at the top of the big 10 standings. And like if Oklahoma and Texas are coming into the sec, look right now, it doesn't look like they're, they're going to unseat Alabama and Georgia. Right. So yeah. like, are those fan bases going to be okay with being, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth on a regular basis. Well, and that is the kind of the underlying thing is um, what we've, what I've learned just seeing, being a part of, you know, Mizzou, the way I was with Rock M Nation and, and witnessing everything I've witnessed is basically there are two things to kind of being a fan. 
it's your team and and it's your rivalries. And when you get rid of some of the rivalries and you're you have to take the time to create more, it, it it's not like things are necessarily empty. It's just be, you become it becomes even more on you and not like you can't salvage a season by being in Kansas at the end of it. If your season stinks, it just stinks. You didn't have that. You don't didn't have that extra little card to play there. Um, I mean, we and, do beat our Kansas at the end of every year. That is that is very true. And um, <laughs> I mean, Arkansas keeps insisting Missouri is not a rival in that regard. But, you know, at some point you better treat it like a rivalry game, apparently, because it, it, it seems like Missouri does. But um, but no, I mean, I think that's that's what you know, Missouri, to a certain extent, has become a little more um, kind of just self-involved, so to speak, over the last 10 years, because you don't have that kind of bailout rivalry win to to make yourself happy. Um, that doesn't, you know, the 2013 season was still one of the most unbelievable things that I was ever able to write about. And, you know, they didn't play Kansas or Kansas state or anybody in that season. And it was still just an amazing experience top to bottom. It just, but again, it just means that you have to be the great seasons are still great. The worst, the bad seasons might end up feeling more miserable if you don't have those specific games to lean on. And that's so that's uh, the same with that's the same with OU. That's the same with Texas and Oregon and uh, and, and Washington. All you, you can't if Oregon does go eight and four. And they, again, they're a good program. They could do a lot better than that. But if they go eight and four and they don't even get to beat Oregon State at the end of the year, it's going to feel even more hollow. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that's uh, that's the end of the questions I had for you. Then. Um, Bill, is there anything else you want to get off your chest before we, <laughs> we cut you loose and, and let you get out of here? I mean, you, you do need to show everybody your... Uh, yeah, uh, that's right. I haven't changed. Long, long time uh, Rockin' Nation people will will remember uh, Bill's affinity for Puma. Um, anything else you need to, to get off your chest before we wrap it up? Well, that probably covers it. I did, um, you know, writing what was it? 8,000 unplanned words about realignment the last two weekends. I certainly got a lot off my chest there. So um, <laughs> certainly read that if you're interested. Otherwise, um, yeah, no, I think it's going to be, by the way, you know, I mentioned if, if Eli Drinkwitz has a quarterback, if he has a quarterback, this should be a pretty interesting season. I'm very curious about uh beat Kansas start undefeated LSU comes to town, big game. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be fun for Columbia in general. So that's what I recommend. Do you think he has a quarterback? The positive spin <laughs> is that Brady Cook was hurt for most of last year and they, you know, he's, he had one labrum or whatever it was. And uh, they still managed to get to six and six. They still rallied. He still looked pretty good late in the year. So if he's healthy and therefore better then a, you've already improved and B if one of the other two can actually beat a healthier, better cook, then you're in pretty good shape. So um, I think that, you know, bringing in the new coordinator helps a lot. Um, I never really trust the whole I'll be head coach and call the plays scenario. I know some have pulled it off, but it's still it's, it just seems like extra work. And and you might want to spread that around. So I think that was a good move. And we'll see. I can't guarantee it. But I, I do think um, the offense should be a, a decent amount better this year. Uh, what would you consider be a good season uh, for Missouri this year? Well, it is funny because, I mean, you can look at the schedule and see a fast start very easily. I mean, I know Kansas State was quite a bit better last year, but, um, you know, on paper, you know, my SP plus, it's, you know, Missouri's 20 or 34th, Kansas State's 23rd and just like a one point favorite in that game. 
Um, so if you win that one, start five and oh, like that's going to the, the, the feeling that that kind of produces and maybe the extra recruiting boost and all that is going to be pretty awesome. But then you look at the rest of the schedule, um, LSU is going to be very good uh, at Kentucky has generally been a problem for Missouri, um, you know, at Georgia, Tennessee, like it, it, it's, it gets uh, bumpy down the stretch, uh, whether you started fast or not. So I, I think if you get momentum going and, and you can beat South Carolina and all this other stuff, you're going to at least get to seven, eight wins. Um, but it will require a quarterback because if you lose to Kansas state and you get blown out by LSU and you're looking at all these other games on this, on the schedule, um, even like Memphis is pretty good. So um, there's a, the, the variance feels very high this year. And and I don't want to say it's all about the quarterback, but it certainly feels that way sometimes. Yeah, I've always felt like college football, probably more than anything uh, is like kind of like a week to week build. And there are some teams that they're able to kind of overcome like one or two, uh, you know, games early where you maybe didn't know if they could win and then they do win those games. And then the next thing you know, like they're, uh, they're able to really kind of put it together and, and gain that confidence. And so like if, if Missouri is able to like find a win, you know, an extra win in, in those games that maybe we didn't think otherwise, then it, it goes from being, okay, like this is a good season to being like, this could be a fantastic season. Yeah. Like that's just that middle of the schedule is always kind of like tricky. If you can kind of get past uh, and, and surprise, then, you know, who knows? Yeah. I mean, uh, at Kentucky, uh, South Carolina, Florida at home, at Arkansas, those games, those games, like looking toward those games, it feels a lot different if you're, if you're five and oh and, and feeling really good, or if, you know, you lose, you lose by two touchdowns to Kansas state and then you get blown out by LSU. Like those games are hard, but they feel pretty doable if you've got a really good team and you're five and one or something. So um, yeah, I, I heartily recommend starting fast and having a good quarterback. That seems like a pretty good, uh, pretty good thing to do. Well, follow Bill on Twitter <laughs> for for analysis like that at at ESPN uh, underscore Bill C. Do not follow at ESPN Bill C. Is not the official bill c twitter account but if you want to get weird that is my blue sky handle because blue sky didn't let me put in a, an underscore and so are you on well, blue sky i am I, i'm you know i am and i'm not i signed up and i posted like three times and then i can only handle one social I, I, media thing at a time and so it's just sitting there waiting I feel like that's the blue sky experience just uh, personified right there as you signed up and, and signed up and you got three posts. Yep. Posted <laughs> a couple times, waited for everybody else to join you and realized nobody was going to, and went back to Twitter. Hey, uh, a podcast over there is, is like single handedly holding down college yeah. sports talk. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, God bless the people who are over there. I just, I, I have gotten so intertwined with Twitter in terms of the lists I've created, the way I keep up with Mizzou stuff or soccer stuff or tennis stuff or whatever. Until all those people go somewhere else, it's kind of real hard for me to leave. Yeah, it's and like yes, where is Spencer Hall? And uh, and that, that's <laughs> even he seemed to like he was posting for a little while. Jason Kirk, some of the old SBNers, like it, it, it had momentum for like ten minutes, and then the whole slow growth thing kind of backfired on them a little bit. And then yeah, yeah. Better well, than thanks for your time. Uh, always good to talk to you. Always good to catch up. Um, hope things are going well for you in Columbia. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll 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 do this again when everything realigns next next year. <laughs> I think uh, that seems to be a constant. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thanks for your time, Bill.
So I'd like to thank Bill Connolly at ESPN underscore Bill C uh, on Twitter at ESPN Bill C on Blue Sky. If you're uh, if you're on Blue Sky, uh, you can find all of his writing over on ESPN dot com. Uh, you know, without any uh, <laughs> without any real uh, skin in the game, I think Bill's one of the best college football writers uh, around. So, also happened to be a guy that I I like personally. So uh, yeah, so go read his stuff. Go to ESPN. Um, the, SP plus stuff is up and, and ready to go. Uh, really good takes on, on Missouri, uh, its place in realignment, what the new big 12, uh, pack 12 and, uh, and big 10 are all going to look like. Um, and it's going to be really interesting. So thanks for everybody for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back with a, uh, another episode of dive cuts with, uh, me and Matt Harris. Um, probably late in the weekend or early next week talking about the, the Peyton Marshall commitment announcement, which is uh, this Friday. Um, so without any further ado, thank you. And we will talk to you soon. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power. Loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Rock M Radio, a proud partner of Fans First Sports Network. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to see more just like it beamed directly into your personal device, just click the subscribe button below. Beep. Uh, and you can find this podcast through the Apple Podcast app or for iPhone or the Google Podcast app for Android or whatever app you use to listen to your podcast. Uh, we are also available on Spotify. Just search for Rock M Radio. Uh, and if you like other sports, Fans First Sports Network uh, is a podcast network that has uh, 
coverage of all other teams, Major League Baseball, uh, MLS, uh, NFL, whatever you want uh, to listen and, and read about. It is a great, great network full of really fantastic podcasts. So look them up and subscribe uh, to any and all of those podcasts. Uh, Rock M Radio will be back with more episodes coming soon. Thanks. Thanks.